time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Well, ladies and gentlemen, NASCAR race season is finally on us, and we are excited because we just got through with NASCAR's racing in L.A. for the class. We're going to talk about that a little bit this week, and on this edition of Southern Race Week, we're going to catch up with some more talented guests, including my best friend in the entire NHRA world, uh, Ron Capps is going to be on the show. But first, before we talk about uh, all the other guests, let's talk about the producer to the stars, the man that lines up all the guests and makes us look so good, sound so good, and taste so flavory whenever you're out at a racetrack and you're wanting to meet some family and friends. I'm talking about the man himself. Here's Alfie. What are you doing, man? What's going on there, WB? Glad to be with you again this week. And as you mentioned, yes, NASCAR season has finally kicked off last week. Well, actually, next week will yeah. be the morning of the Great American Race at Daytona 500 yeah. and the Daytona International Speedway on Fox. But uh, last weekend, we kicked off the season at the LA Memorial Coliseum with the Bush Clash, which I watched the entire thing, the heat races, the last qualifier races and the actual event itself, the main event. And I got to tell you, it was amazing. Now, I used to live in Los Angeles when I was younger, so I'm very familiar oh, with yeah? the Memorial Coliseum. And they've done a lot of events there besides two Olympics. Uh, they had World Series baseball there. They've had football games in there as well. So to add NASCAR to the list of events that have been in the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum is amazing. It was great to see the cauldron all lit up during the main event as well. Uh, Pitbull did the opening concert. Ice Cube did the halftime concert. So just a star-studded event. And the place looked, I don't know if it was sold out, but it definitely looked like it was not many empty seats in the house for the event. And in fact, they said over 50, a little over 50% of the tickets that were sold for the event were from people who were uh, going to their first ever NASCAR event. So uh, I think NASCAR did a great job with this. And I know you saw some of it, William. And uh, what did yeah, you take man. away from what you saw? I mean, it was quite interesting to see cars going on a track that, that small. I think NASCAR hasn't raced on a track that size since the early 70s. So it's been a while since the Cup Series had raced on that. But what were your thoughts on the event? I thought My thoughts was I was not only looking at the, the cars and the racing action. I mean, let's face it. That was a small track. I mean, um, you take the Thursday Thunder at Atlanta Motor Speedway, and it's – it's uh, it's about that size, but think about a, a football field at a high school stadium. That's the size of what that racetrack was. The, the running track around a football field, that's what the size of that racetrack was. So it's bigger than, than what you might think, and it's bigger than what it looked like on TV. But what I thoroughly found interesting was how well the new cars, the next, you know, the next gen, the next series cars, the bodies and everything else, how well they handled all the bumping, beating, and banging that went on during this race because there was a lot of it. And I was thoroughly impressed about how no matter what happened, um, if there was a wreck with three or four cars in front of them, Joey Logano showed that there was still plenty of track wide wise for you to make a pass around any kind of problems that may have come up and everything else. So um, I thought the new car did great. I thought the, uh, the track did extremely well considering 
it's a matter of the new way that we can, that we can lay asphalt onto the LA Memorial Coliseum, have a race and have all that done. And they literally said the paint was still drying as they were practicing. So I thought it was great. It was great entertainment. Kyle Busch does not like coming in second. He had some downfalls of that and everything else, but Joe Logano, hey, he come away with the first win, so I'm excited about it. I liked it. And, yeah, and the numbers are really high. Uh, Fox Sports, uh, the public relations department, said 4.2 million people watched the event on Fox, which was up 168% over last year when the event was aired on uh, FS1. So uh, Fox got everything they want out of this, as well as NASCAR, a whole bunch of new audience members who probably have been watching NASCAR for the first time to see how these cars looked on such a short track. So kudos to uh, – NASCAR for what they'll do on on uh, the uh, Bush Clash, Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. So very exciting to watch, as you mentioned. And we got a great show coming up. In fact, we'll be speaking with our NASCAR insider, Alan Cavana, to get his thoughts on what he thought about the um, Clash, as well as what's going on with Daytona and everything coming up for the season. And then also I'll be speaking with Lenny Paticki. We'll get the latest on what's going on in short track news. And in just moments, you'll be speaking with Ron Capps, as the NHRE season will be kicking off next week. So you'll be talking to him as well. So we have another star-studded lineup of guests joining us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Hey, this is Brandon Jones, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, race fans, welcome to this week's edition. In fact, the 2022 edition of Southern Race Week. I'm William Barber, a.k.a. WB. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ron... Caps! <laughs> How are you guys? Oh, we're doing good, man. We're doing good. We're doing good. We're doing good, man. The last time we talked, uh, we could, we couldn't, we could talk about some things that were coming down. We couldn't talk about some other things. But, uh, you know, hey, you've got some exciting things uh, in the works here. Napa is, uh, of course, uh, helping you out and staying along with some of those changes. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've always, obviously, the, the ultimate would be a team owner. It's great to be a driver. And I've been a driver for, gosh, 26 years, I think, actually, professional yep. NHRA driver. So, you know, obviously starting out driving for a legend like Don Perdome and being around all these great people I looked up to. I've just uh, been taking sort of mental notes of my whole career and watching Don Schumacher and Don Perdome and all these people around me and waiting for that chance to, uh, for an opportunity at least, to try to be a team owner and just have a little more control over your destiny, you know. And it finally happened. You know, a lot of it was the pandemic and what went on through the pandemic and it just, you know, where I was at in my career. But I started uh, looking around to make that jump. And uh, the next thing you know, Napa wanted to be a part of it, which was huge. You know, I've been with them for 17 years, I think. Wow. Yeah, it was just a, it was a crazy sort of way that it all went down. And of course, this was all going on during our playoffs, or, or what we call the countdown to the championship, yep. which starts in September for uh, the NHRA. So that was all going on behind the scenes. And uh, and I had all this, these, uh, you know, it never became a distraction. I didn't want it to be, but... It was just crazy how it went on, and next thing you know, it's the end of the season, and uh, and I was able to finally announce it right after the season was over. Well, I love how you threw me off the scent, and 
and had me all looking all in different directions. For those of you who don't know, we are on the phone on the old Food Depot hotline here with none other than Ron Caps and uh, Ron Caps, uh, funny car driver and champion. And um, when we last spoke, all these changes were happening, but he couldn't really talk a whole lot about it. But I follow him on Instagram, Ron Caps twenty eight on Instagram. And uh, you know when I when I see under new management. You know, from the National Drag Racing uh, magazine type stuff. I'm like, okay, well, I, I guess the, the, the cat's out of the bag there. But um, it looks like you and the team have got everything in place from everything I see on Instagram. You've got the cars. You've got the haulers. you got, especially when it comes to Napa, you're ready to go full steam, and that doesn't look like you're going to miss a beat. Well, I hope not. You know, the first thing I did was try to get – our team from top to bottom, our crew chief, uh, Dean Antonelli, his nickname's Guido. Guido. Um, that was our, yeah, John Madeline and the whole team. That was the first year we worked together. Uh, my longtime crew chief, Ron Tobler, who uh, we were together since 2012. We won a lot of races. He abruptly sort of retired at the beginning of last season. And so that whole team of Guido and, and all the guys, uh, they were with my teammate, Jack Beckman, who uh, they lost their sponsor. And so they didn't have a team. I had a sponsor and I had a team. So Don Schumacher put us together last minute. Like I'm talking right before we went to testing last year, 2021. And, and uh, we hit the ground running, qualified number one, the first race in Gainesville and, and uh, went on to win a championship. So it was key for me to, to first to get the people in place. And that was what we did. And then we, uh, you know, it's been, a, I want to say a long winter, but it, it's gone by so fast. I've never imagined I've had to to look after so many business things on the ownership side. I knew that there was a lot going on. I was told there's a lot going on by other owners. Uh, I just didn't have any, any idea it was this much. So it's been, uh, it's finally going to come to fruition because here in a few days, I get to step on the gas for the first time as a team owner and a driver. So that's going to be a lot of fun. If you're just joining us on the old, uh, Food Depot hotline here, Southern Race Week Radio and Southern Race Week Podcast, how cool is it to have a Georgia-based uh, business like Napa to uh, to be sponsoring so that they can continue that brand along with, and I have to say this, my Georgia boy, Chase Elliott. Uh, you're, you're hanging out with some, some cool cats, man. Yeah, boy, I mean, you know, you take Brad Sweet, our World Outlaws Napa driver, uh, Alexander Rossi, the Indy 500 winner, and, and also a Napa team, and of course, Chase Elliott. I've been pretty lucky. You know, I came into Napa Auto Parts. My first year was back when Michael Walter had the team. Wow. Uh, I then had a teammate with Martin Truex for a few years. We shot a lot of commercials, a lot, had a lot of fun with Napa stuff. And of course, when uh, Chase got old enough and started driving for Junior, you know, they had the Napa brand on. So I've known Chase quite a while and uh, you couldn't ask for a better teammate. Obviously, he's a great race car driver and great person. But uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I can't wait to see these guys now because uh, we really, I couldn't talk much about what was going on last year when we got together. And we actually were at headquarters in Atlanta in September, all of us. We have an employee appreciation day, which is pretty cool for me to be around all those race car drivers and we just kind of get to catch up on on little things here and there so looking forward to seeing them getting out to a race and uh, and seeing chase um you know it's uh, it's a great sponsor it's one of the best in the world and it's uh, i've been proud to represent them you have been busy and if if there's not any i mean you you, you drive uh hundreds of thousands of miles an hour inside of a couple seconds but now as a team owner I bet you're driving 100,000 miles an hour on a daily basis. 
How's that working? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about it. There's, I feel like I had to go back to college with some of this stuff, you know, and you learn about insurances and just, just everything, a, a small business owner. And what's really cool for me is Nap Auto Parts, most of, if not all the ones you drive around, you see on the side of the road, they're owned by somebody right there in that neighborhood. Yep. So it's not a franchise type of uh, store. So when you go into a Nap Auto Parts store, you're getting people that are your, you know, friends and neighbors that are working in there and own that store. So I've had a lot of good advice to go talk to people. And honestly, I got to tell you, it's this race team thing. It feels like, you know, the American dream is to own your own business. I feel like a small, a small business owner. So you couldn't ask for, you know, a better company to be associated with and more people. uh, They they took me in, you know, they love this program at NHRA, all the Napa owners. And uh, they're the ones that are important. I mean, yeah, headquarters there in Atlanta, they, they write the checks, but it's, it's the Napa owners over 6,000 across the country that, uh, that helps support myself and Chase and Rossi and everything we do. So we're blessed. We have over 46 Napa stores across the uh, Southern Race Week radio network that, um, that are part of our program every week. And um, we'd love to do anything and everything to help them. And, uh, I mean, fill up a bucket and get a discount to whatever else. But you, uh, I want to point people again, and I hate because I'm an Instagram guy. I'm not a website guy no more. I mean, you know, but you have a lot of great things on your Instagram site as we wrap up here because I know you're busy. But you've got contests where people can win to come and have VIP experience at the racetracks. I know you got one right now going on for Pannona, um, and I know that you're going to have them going on as the year goes through. But one thing I will tell you, the thing that got me was, again, I did not know that you were Rambo. I, I just, I didn't, I didn't know that you, you were Rambo. I didn't know that you played in Karate Kid. And my most, ex, most experienced was, um, when I saw you as Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Scary, huh? I mean, goodness <laughs> gracious, man. You did such yeah. a great job. You, well, were you a stunt you. double or what, what? How did that work? I mean, come on. It, it's, uh, the stuff nowadays that they can do with, uh, it's not just Photoshop. We've, we've always said that, you know, it's yeah. actually putting people's faces on, on movie scenes and other people's faces. And it looks so realistic. It's scary. So I've had a lot of fun. I've got a bunch of them in the bank that uh, I've done on different movies. And when I'm in the mood or I'm out having a good time, uh, and I feel like I'm going to post something that, you know, our followers can enjoy and get a laugh out of. Right. Uh, that's what I like to do. So, you know, I love to put the racist stuff up and I love to, show people what's going on behind the scenes and what I'm doing here and there. But more than anything, I just want to keep everybody entertained as much, you know, as like I do when I follow somebody, I got a lot of people I love to follow cause I love to laugh. Yep. And, uh, so that's what I try to do. Well, listen, uh, we appreciate all the, uh, great, uh, stuff that you're putting up on your Instagram. It shows the personal side of you shows that you're a, uh, a connected, uh, person that, to the everyday Joe, especially big shout out to your, uh, happy birthday to your brother. Uh, I yeah, noticed that yeah, uh, yeah. three days ago you had a birthday and everything. So happy birthday to them. And, uh, I just want to know, I mean, it, in, in California, is it, is it that warm in dang February? I mean, come on, man. I mean, please tell me. Well, y'all. I don't want to rub, I don't want to rub it in, but as I sit right now, it's 81 degrees uh, here where I live. And well, we're about a mile from the ocean. So 
Yeah, we're going to actually, I'm taking my wife out. She's been working her tail off helping me with the, the new team. And uh, we're going to go eat at a place. It's one of our favorite places right down by the water. And we couldn't ask for a better probably weather than we're going to get. So I well, hate to rub it in. I feel bad. Well, <laughs> un- un- back east. unfortunately, Ron, uh, we're out of time. Uh, you, 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 you've just stepped and stopped and then into the wound of, uh, oh, my gosh. So, Ron Capps, uh, driver NHRA, funny car. We are so, uh, want to congratulate you again on owning your own team and uh we look forward to seeing you as soon as possible and uh uh good luck as you go out to test i know in a couple days and uh hey take your wife out to dinner tell her we said hello and uh hey the next time you're in atlanta uh you know i'm 20 minutes from the airport i can pick you up i can take you over there whatever you know we can help you make it a wonderful dining experience too because we know some great restaurants roof crisp i bet you roof crisp you need to go you need to go there i got some discount i got some uh uh, (laughs) gift cards over there takes about five hundred dollars worth to to make a difference over there when they parade the lobster around on a on a wheelbarrow for you to choose from that's when you know you're in the right place yeah that is a good place yeah all right ron appreciate you sir and uh good luck in the testing and we uh, can't wait to see how uh the race goes in california brother you got it man thanks for having me hey listeners this is jamie little from nascar on fox and you're listening to southern race week all right welcome back to this brand new week's edition of southern race week radio for you along the far flung southern race week radio network itself we continuing on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, as we're just a week away from the running of the Great American Race at the Daytona 500 and the Daytona International Speedway. But we did kick off the NASCAR season last weekend as the series traveled to the West Coast, Los Angeles, California, for something that has never been done before, racing at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. And I got to tell you, it looked like a fun, fun party to attend. And one of the many partygoers that are on site for the event is uh, currently joining us right now on the Food Depot hotline as we head on over and welcome in NASCAR Insider. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Alan Cavana. Yeah, come on. Uh, always awesome to be on. Thanks, Alfie. Uh, Mr. Cavana, thank you so much for taking the time to join us yet again this week on Southern Race Week Radio, been a great friend of the show, and we really appreciate when you take the time to join us to break down everything going on in the NASCAR racing world. And as I mentioned in the open, you were one of the many people out there at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum to check out the Bush Clash, which was held at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum. And looking at the numbers uh, recently posted by Fox, it was a huge success as far as the numbers go. Big-time viewership Gains in many markets, including Los Angeles, which I think was one of the many reasons NASCAR tried to experiment with this to see if we could get some more uh, numbers and higher ratings and, and more eyes on the NASCAR product. Now, you were there on site. Now, watching it on TV for me, very impressed, very happy with how things uh, turned out. And they said that about 50% of the people who attended, this was their first ever NASCAR event. So for you being out there, what, what did you take away from it and what were your thoughts on Uh, the race itself. Yeah, it it was surreal. It was surreal to be in the middle of downtown Los Angeles, to see the Olympic flame, to see the Coliseum, to see the Hollywood sign, and then a NASCAR track all in the same place. I mean, unbelievable. It was crazier than my imagination had allowed it, right? You, You go in with these preconceived notions, oh, I'm sure it'll be like this, maybe like this, and it was so much better and different how everything looked 
how everything was pulled off. Uh, the, the venue itself, I'd never been to the Coliseum. I could not tell it was a football field. I mean, it was that crazy how well it was done. And it was all done, you know, not even 10 minutes without traffic from where LeBron James and the Lakers play. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about. There's a NASCAR racetrack that close to such a, you know, a popular and well-known world city. It was, uh, it was a big win for racing, I think, because it, we, uh, it, it was brought to the fans, right? I mean, it was brought to a city where that has never been done before. So it was pretty cool. Now, I know the NHL, they do the Winter Classic. Other great sporting events do kind of special events at other venues. Do you think this was an experiment to maybe take the event, the Bush Clash, since it's not a non-points event, an exhibition race? Do you see this kind of maybe going to other venues and cities where maybe there isn't a NASCAR event going on to try to attract more fans to the sport? Sure, and I think that was one of the most important things of the weekend is proving you can do that, right? I mean, this was the make or break. This was, you know, can this be done or not? Can we go to one of the world's biggest cities right in the middle of it, put a racetrack there, and make a good event happen? And if you can do it in L.A., there's probably a lot of places you can do it. Obviously, you know, you need space, you need Olympic-sized stadiums or what have you, but who knows the possibilities now? But you proved you can do it. And if you want to do it exhibition-wise, all-star-wise, to put on a show, go across the pond and go to London and put on a show and bring NASCAR to the people and spread that word, that's what the weekend proved. There was a lot on the line, and there was a lot of stress for a lot of people, you know, TV people, uh, the racers themselves, certainly the NASCAR officials. And there was a lot – you could just see it in people's – postures almost (laughs) there was actually weight lifted off their shoulders when it went as well as it did and look it it takes uh some some lug nuts to to put on an event like this and to think yeah it's possible and then when it actually works you feel pretty good about yourself so a lot of people a lot of kudos involved to a lot of people speaking with alec havana here on a southern race week great as i mentioned next weekend we kick off the season the daytona 500 always a a big anticipation to kick off the season uh, your thoughts as we get ready for the new season, Daytona 500, and as we go into new teams, new drivers, changes going on, what are one of the things that you're most excited about as seeing different, maybe a different driver with a different team? W- what do you look forward to seeing if it works or not when we enter the season? Uh, I- I'm most intrigued by Brad Keselowski and, and becoming an owner of, of Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing. I mean, Roush certainly has a history, right, the, the organization, but it has not been the, the winner that it once was. And now you bring in a champion driver, one of the best in the sport. Brad Keselowski, not only as a driver, but as an owner, as decision maker. And he didn't just bring himself. He brought a whole slew of new people, crew chiefs, engineers. My buddy, David Smith, we did the podcast, Positive Regression, together. Yeah, that's no longer happening because Brad brought David Smith into the fold, all the brain power, analytics. I mean, these are the type of decisions Brad Kozlowski is making as an owner. What does that translate to competitively? Now, this is the type of year where, you know, if you're ever going to do it, everyone is at least starting from some sort of level playing field in terms of it's a brand new car, next gen. Uh, The big teams will always be the big teams, have all the resources, but this was the year to do it, and and I want to see what he can do. We know he can drive. We know he can deliver behind the wheel. What does that mean for the rest of the organization? Everything, you know, Brad has been an owner before in the truck series. He's a quite successful business owner uh, after that with his own manufacturing. So he, he is a leader in that aspect. Now he has to lead his team and also drive for it. I want to see what happens with it. I expect improvement because that's what I expect 
out of his talent and effort and, and the people he's already brought over. So I do expect improvement. It's just a matter of how much. Now, another benefit of the next-gen car is the fact that NASCAR tried to make things a little bit more affordable for these teams to be able to afford having a car, uh, parts that are, you know, the same for everybody. And with that, I've seen a lot of new teams. Emmett Smith is coming to the fold. Floyd Mayweather has also started a team. So you're seeing a lot of guys who are now starting teams. Do you do you credit the, what NASCAR did with the next-gen car in bringing new ownerships and new teams to the Cup Series? Uh, a little bit. I mean, it, that that part is hard to say. I mean, this would be the time to do it, right? I mean, Colleg now went full in with two charters. It's more of the charter system that, that's helping do that. And I think, it, you know, that that was a part of the decision why Matt Colleg wanted to get the, some of the charters and why there was this, this run to get as many as you could because eventually the, the next-gen car will be something of a cost saver versus what you're spending. Uh, not right away. You know, it, it is a heavy investment. And uh, like Floyd, old Floyd Mayweather, he's got a lot of money, but we'll see. He's got to make the Daytona 500 first. We'll see how much he can do in that aspect of it. But yeah, when you think in, in the last few years, all the new ownership, Matt Colick, Spire, what they want to do, uh, Brad Kislowski getting involved, Denny Hamlin getting involved, they see something positive in both the charter system and the next-gen race car and what it could bring in terms of eventual revenue versus uh, you know how much it costs to operate these things. Uh, there will be, and that is the goal, to uh, eventually be a cost savings and more profitability amongst these teams. So this was the time to do it. We'll see what they can do with it. Mr. Kavana, if our listeners want to keep up with you and the latest on what's going on in NASCAR and racing news, where can they go to keep up and follow along with what's going on? Yeah, man, I'm fortunate, blessed to be uh, busy here. But follow me on Twitter at Alan Kavana, Facebook, Copa Kavana on Instagram, doing a lot of cool things with Speed Sport every week, NASCAR.com every week. Uh, you'll hear me on Sirius once in a while. You'll hear me on your airwaves, PRN, for uh, for a few races this year. So uh, you'll catch me somewhere, but you can catch it all on Twitter at Alan Cavana. Mr. Cavana, thank you so much for taking the time to join us yet again this week on Southern Race Week Radio, sir. And uh, good luck to you for the rest of the season. As you said, the PRN Network, you'll be doing some races. And uh, we'll talk to you again throughout the season, my friend. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Alfie. This is Leah Pruitt, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast as we're just a, a week away from the running of the Great American Race, the Daytona 500, coming up next weekend. But we're going to shift away from NASCAR talk for a little bit and focus on the world of short track racing because a lot of these drivers you're seeing in the NASCAR Cup Series, Xfinity Series, and Truck Series, many of these guys got their start uh, on the short track circuits all around the United States of America. And we got a little bit of experience with that in NASCAR uh, last weekend there at the uh, Clash at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. And one person's opinion I definitely want to maybe poke at a little bit about that uh, Cup Series race is one of our short track gurus we go to here on Southern Race Week Radio as we, as we go live to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in the host of PRN at the track. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Lenny! Tiki! Wow, man, that was record there. I, I don't think you've ever done it better. <laughs> Great friend of the show, and we always appreciate you taking the time to join us here on the Southern Race Week Radio. But before we start talking short track, you know, uh, last weekend at the LA Memorial Coliseum, we saw some real short track uh, racing, but this time from the Cup Series. What were your thoughts on seeing those Cup cars on such a short track 
I thought it was better than I thought it was going to be. And uh, I like the sound of the cars. I like the look of the cars. You know, yeah, it's different. It's it's not the same way it used to be. But I, I think these are pretty cool-looking hot rods. And the center lug nut deal will come more into play as the year comes on. But I don't think anybody bought a ticket to see a lug nut, uh, even here at Charlotte, <laughs> where our mascot is lug nut. <laughs> so I think really... The racing itself is played out on the track. You had a little bit of hurt feelings. You had some fender bumping and uh, looked look pretty cool. I would give them a strong A. Lenny, let's break it down for our listeners out there. Can you give us some of the results? Yeah, well, uh, we'll talk about Bubba Pollard uh, here quickly. Bubba will be racing down in uh, Florida this weekend at Citrus County, one of their big races. He's going up against guys like Ty Majewski uh, in the field. So that ought to be pretty cool to, uh, you know, be able to tune in to uh, one of the pay-per-views that will be carrying it. Now, last weekend, over at Screven, you had Ross Bales and Awesome Holcomb take uh, late model wins. Ross the Boss taking the win there. Uh, it was in the Southern All-Star Series, our friend Dwayne's series over that way. Uh, Atlanta Motor Speedway getting the legends out there in the cold air. Aiden Garcia, Kyle Bacon, Donovan Strauss, Timothy Watson, the, uh, of the winners that were out there. Up at Boyd's. You had Booger Brooks and Sam Seawright taking uh, some victories up there. So Georgia's already back racing. Livonia's got a huge race coming up. Uh, I believe it's the 19th that uh, they'll be rocking the house there. So uh, Georgia race fans, you don't have to wait anymore. People are out there racing. Uh, It may not be the track right down the street from you just yet, but there are tracks in the Peach State that are uh, welcoming fans and putting on some really racy stuff. Speaking with Lenny Batiki here, host of PRN of the Track, as we're talking short tracks here on uh, Southern Race Week Radio. And I was reading the other day, and it's really great. One of our good friends, Tim Bryant, over there at Five Flag Speedway, they made the announcement that the SRX Series will be making their first uh, trip to uh, Five Flag Speedway to debut the the second season of SRX Racing, which is uh, very exciting. Very happy for Tim and the crew there at Five Flag Speedway for uh, getting themselves another great uh, racing series to uh, come to Five Flag Speedway. Yeah, the good folks down there. Tim Bryan is just an an excellent uh, facility manager and series manager with the uh, Southern Super Series. He does it right, and uh, folks can travel down there with confidence to uh, not only see the snowball, but the SRX race. A little closer up here, uh, South Boston, Virginia, we're going to get one of those uh, bologna sandwiches and watch them uh, a little closer to home when they come this way. But I think that SRX series is uh, doing a neat job. Uh, who knows, you know, maybe uh, Chase Elliott will jump back in a car somewhere. Uh, Got to tip our hat to SRX also hiring Don Hawk, who uh, he and I used to uh, do a lot of behind the scenes uh, back when I was at Richard Childress Racing. And he was managing Dale Earnhardt's uh, seniors career on the way up. And now he's kind of helping uh, promote the SRX series. So very cool, Don Hawk. Uh, congrats on that. And also, we got some big events coming up here shortly. Can you run down some of the big events that are going to be coming up here this weekend and over the next few weeks? Well, this weekend is really one of those things that kind of combines my love of stuff uh, with racing. Swamesboro is going to have their big swap meet out there uh, as they get ready for the March 5th, I think it's the 5th, Southern National Series, Ray Cook Series, is coming in there. So you can go out, you can do some swapping on this Saturday at Swainsboro, and then kind of pick your seat for uh, the upcoming event that uh, the Southern Nationals guys will be doing. And the USCS Sprint Cars will be at Needmore this Friday and Saturday. Two separate two-day shows. Going to be a a hot one for the Winged Warriors from the USCS. 
So see, we've got tracks to uh, talk about, tracks to go to, and tracks to have fun at. And you have another brand new episode of your program, PR Under the Track, coming up here, and it's going to be a little focused on on the Georgia. Tell us a little bit about what's coming up on this week's edition of PR Under the Track. Well, the winner from Boyd Speedway, Sam Seawright, is going to uh, check in and talk to us about not only his race, but what his impressions are of how Riley Hickman, who everybody loves what's going on up there, it's a good uh, review uh, of what Riley's been doing up at Boyd's. So Sam Seawright's one of them. And Cindy Brett, who is the new promotions director at Needmore Speedway, the place that's going to run the USCS, she kind of gives us an update on what's coming the following month and the month after that. And a, a neat lady, and great to see her ensconced now to promote Needmore Speedway. So that's two out of the three, Casey Schumann, who is World Racing Group's Extreme Series and World of Outlaws Late Models director, is also updating us on things in his world. So hopefully folks will tune us in. And you can check out uh, PR Under the Track. Just go to goprn.com. Scroll over there on the shows section, and you'll be able to uh, find PRN at the track. And you can go back and listen to this brand-new episode or any of the previous episodes of uh, PRN at the track. And, Mr. Patiki, if our listeners want to keep up with the world of short track through uh, your social media sites, uh, where can they to keep up with what's going on the latest in the short track world? Well, we post a handful of things on our Facebook. We post some pictures on our Instagram. But we are on all day at PRN's at the track on Twitter. We'll get you all the information we can push out. PRN's at the track on Twitter. Please give us a follow, and uh, we'll show you a lot of short track racing updates. Well, Mr. Patiki, we always appreciate taking the time to join us and keep us up to uh, up to date on what's going on in the world of short track racing. We'll talk to you throughout the season, my friend, and we can't wait for you to arrive here at Atlanta Motor Speedway for the Folds of Honor QT 500 weekend so all your fans will be able to come by and, and say hey to you while you're in town here in Atlanta. Well, I can't wait to see you and them, Alfie. Uh, next month will be here. Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Y'all come see us. Thanks, Alfie. We'll talk to you later. Hey, everyone. This is Anthony Alfredo, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Well, it's been another great uh, show, Alfie. And uh, once again, I want to thank you for getting us a dynamic lineup of people to be on the program. Big thanks to uh, my buddy, my friend, my pal, Ron Caps. Cool guy, loving to death. Napa, uh, funny car, has a brand new team owner, and it's Ron Caps. And uh, congratulations to him, and God bless him. He is one of the entrepreneurs in the world, in the United States, because he went out on his own and started his own race team after all these years of driving for other people. So congratulations to him. So Alfie and also a big thank you to all the other folks that we had on. Uh, I saw that uh, Lenny Batiki was making him a little debut uh, with some uh, broadcast on TV side on uh, some Instagram and everything else uh, the other day. So Lenny's, uh, Lenny's staying busy, not only with radio, but also with a little TV action, too. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, thanks to um, Lenny Patiki and also Alan Kavana for being on the program as well. And as you mentioned, Ron Caps joining you as well. So thanks to those great guests. And you can check out the podcast. If you missed out on the program this week or want to go back and listen to any of our previous episodes, just head on over to the podcast locations of iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Search for Southern Race Week, download the podcast, take a listen to it. Also, subscribe and leave your comments as well if you would like to. So, once again, check that out on the podcast, which will be up on Monday, uh, Williams. So, and don't forget about our social media platforms, uh, Facebook and um, Southern, and also on Twitter, where we always bring you the latest racing news and information 
That's facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. And also follow us at SRW Radio. Well, and don't forget now, uh, hashtag Southern Race Week. And you can find us on anything. Until next week, I'm WB, a.k.a. William Barber. I'm Alfie. Y'all have a great one. We'll see you at a track near you.